stick them in there. Aren't there nine, there's 19. There's 10 in that pack and 9 in the other. from the Bearcat, I was just calling to let you know that uh, we have a gentleman coming down here in a little while. Um, his last name is Martin, spelled M-A-R-T-Y-N. First is Princeton, P-R-I-N-S-T-O-N. Yes, ma'am. His middle name, I don't even want to try to pronounce it, it's spelled O-L-U-W-Y-L-L-A. And his date of birth is 4 8 1982 on a He was arrested for uh, possession with intent to distribute marijuana. Thank you. It just takes forever to heat up. Yesterday it took me forever. So was that on and just got unplugged? Or whatever it was on, I think is on. It just takes a long time. Is this going to work or huh? is the computer going to work for us or no? What's it? The computer is it's, it? They're going to let us know before they, they so got to switch go ahead and start. Yeah, you guys can start. Okay. Just make sure you save everything. These guys, they don't even work for us. They're civilian contractors. So don't walk away from any shit. Okay. Okay.
Even seal it yet. That thing sucks. I don't, I'd like the old one back. somewhere else and they didn't see it here. I did not know that thought was gone. Yeah. I would not have thought of that. Which was. Absolutely. Why do you always gotta get like eighty seven pieces of property? Why can't it just be like one one ten pound brick of greenish brown vegetables? Welcome again, my TRC family. Truth Revealed campaign for another episode of Palm J 420 Arrest. This is part two. So if you're listening, go ahead and grab your popcorn, grab your drinks, grab your smokes, what have you, and get ready for the continuation of Palm J 420 Arrest part two. Now, in this episode, we are going to discuss and I will be narrating everything that happened throughout the entire audio. So try to pay attention to every details so you can be your own judge on how or what you thought about this situation. All right. So let's get started. I'm going to remind everyone who previously listened and those who probably haven't listened a recap on what happened. So, on November 16th, 2016, which was about under three years, four years ago, Palm J, that's me, was pulled over and arrested by the Cumberland, Maryland Highway Patrol officer due to the smell of cannabis in my car. I was later released on my own recognizance. I retained a lawyer. I was, and then I had to appear in court. I won the court case and I had my cannabis record expunged. Never heard this audio recording before. Well, we're going to recap and we're going to talk about the different things that happened, all the different steps, all right, coming from my perspective. So before I go into recapping and analyzing what was going on, let's talk about the charges, actually, the charges that I was facing. So I was facing two counts, one count, the statute was CR 5602, which was five years with a penalty of 15000 and basically it was a possession with intent to distribute. Count number two, CR 601A1, one year or $1,000 possession of marijuana, 10 gram plus. All right, so th- those were what I was facing. Those were my charges. All right. 
And I'm going to read you the actual report on what the police stated on their statement of probable cause. So they wrote on 11 16 16 at approximately 805 hours, I was conducting speed enforcement in the area of WB. I-68 at Rockway Gap, Allegheny County, Maryland. At that time, I observed a white Hyundai Sudan bearing MD registration traveling at a speed which I appeared greater or which appeared greater than the posted 70 miles per hour speed limit. I activated my assigned radar unit and received a speed limit of 81 miles per hour on described vehicle. So that's 11 miles over. I pulled into the flow of traffic and maintained eye contact with the Hyundai. Once I was directly behind the vehicle, I activated my emergency equipment and conducted a traffic stop. Once the vehicle stopped, I approached at its passenger side window. At that time, I immediately detected the odor of marijuana coming from the vehicle's interior. I knew this odor to be marijuana based on my training, knowledge, and experience. As a Maryland State Trooper, I then identified the driver to be Princeton Oluwale Martin, date of birth 4882, by his Maryland license plate. He provided me. I asked for a second unit for assistance with the probable cause of search. Once Trooper Mallow arrived, the search was initiated. During the search, I located a cloth marked bag on the rear seat that contained the following. One plastic bag containing 36.6 grams. One plastic bag containing 29.8 grams. One plastic bag containing 14.5 grams. One digital scale with marijuana residue. Metal grinder containing marijuana residue. Green container with blunt, with burnt marijuana blunt black plastic bag with marijuana residue, 19 new small plastic cups with lid. I also found the the following items in an eyeglass case located in the driver's side door pocket. Seven rolled marijuana cigarettes, one wooden smoking device with burnt marijuana residue, I knew all of the above items to be marijuana and contain marijuana based on my training, knowledge, and experience as a Maryland State Trooper. I also know from my experience and training that the scale grinder plastic container cups packaging methods and amounts of marijuana located where were all consistent with the distribution for illicit proceeds. Martin was placed under arrest accordingly. All of these evidence occurred in Allegheny County, Maryland. So, that's basically their probable cause and their statement that they made in order to place me under arrest. So let's go ahead and play a recap. The stop, the initial stop. All right, so listen closely. I'm going to play it, and we're going to talk about what we're hearing.
Anyway, you step back here. The trooper wants to talk to you here one second, okay? Excuse me? Step back here. The trooper wants to talk to you a second. Is it a problem? Yeah, just step back here to back your back. Is it a problem, officer? Excuse me, officer? What's that? Is it a problem? Am I yeah. being arrested? No, you're not being arrested. Why am I stepping out the vehicle? Because I asked you to step out of the vehicle. The United States Supreme Court has ruled that I can ask you to step out of the vehicle at any time on any traffic stop. So you need to step out of the vehicle. All right. So my guy, Mallow, that was his name, because there were two troopers. Mallow came from the side and Malo was extremely aggressive, as you can tell, and um, was, you know, exerting his power, using his, uh, his authority to basically extract me out of the car. He started to grab for his weapon. When I started to ask him, why am I getting out the vehicle? He got aggressive, so I decided this is where I play the my, my close friend, who actually I interviewed before, and she is right now a criminal defense attorney. She goes by the name of Aikisha T. L. Shabazz, and she's an esquire, also an adjunct professor at the New York School of Law. She told me specifically, or before she told me, I actually applied her of five R's and we're going to talk about those five R's that Queen Akisha talked about but before we get into the five R's let's continue so after I was uh, told to get out the vehicle I calmly stepped out the vehicle I listened to the, the instructions. I stepped to the side because we were on the highway, the I-68 in Maryland. And as you can hear throughout the, the, the recording, the audio recording, there was a lot of uh, cars passing by. You can even feel the vibration as they gone, you know, drove by with 70, 80 miles per hour. Now, let's talk about the fact that he said he pulled me over because I was doing 70 I was doing 81 in a 70, all right? So, let me paint you guys a picture. I was actually driving behind a truck. And we all know, when it comes to trucks, if you're behind them, number one, you don't want to be more than like 50 or 60 feet behind them because if you're too close, you can easily cause a terrible accident. Or if the accident is caused, you can really get smashed and killed. Also, you don't want to be on the side of them either because if you're on the, side, on the side of them, you're in a blind spot and they can't see you. Therefore, it's extremely dangerous to be on the side of them. So I decided to move from the back of the, the big truck and this is like a, one of those big rigs. I then sped up because there's no way I can do 70 with the truck. The truck is probably doing over 75. So I had to speed up in order to pass the truck and then get back over. Was that the time, or that was the time, the trooper pulled me over or began to initiate the, the traffic stop? Because of that, that's simply why I got pulled over. Now, for, don't forget, the way I looked at the time, as you can see in the picture that I posted on the 420 arrest video part one, was similar. I was looking like the, the guy in the picture and obviously driving through that town looking like that is a cause for racial profiling. So I was automatically profiled because number one, who is this guy in this white car, you know, driving? Why is he driving through our, our, our place? So that was my speculation. However, he said he was pulling me over because I was driving fast. Only about 10 miles on the freeway. Now, mind you, on the freeway, 70 miles per hour, um, that's, that's the speed limit. But if you go 10 miles over, typically that's, that's nothing. People, some people be doing over 80, 
Some people do over 90. I've been on these freeways many of years. So his initial stop or his reason for stopping me was whatever. So he stopped me. Now I'm out the car. I'm on the side. And I was extremely calm because I had previously stopped and smoked, you know, some some herbs. And yeah, I may have made a mistake on my end of smoking in the car. That was my that was my fault. That was my mistake. So but I put the window down, so I was driving in order to get the smell to dissipate a little bit. But obviously, I was not smoking anything less of high-quality organic. So it was some high-quality. So it was like some people say skunk or strong. So it took a little while to get out. And also, I had nothing to hide because, like I said, I had my own personal card, my recommendation, which... At the time, Maryland was uh, giving out the cards. I had it. I had possession of it. And also, I had it in the back of my seat because I was, it was, I, I didn't feel I was breaking any law considering that I had my own card and all those stuff they found was all mine personally. But that didn't matter because, like he said, it looked like I was in possession of of cannabis and I was it was uh, basically intent to distribute and also it was over a certain amount so they felt they had a reason to to take me in so as I got to the side we started talking he asked me questions he said listen I'm going to um, basically you know search the vehicle because we smell marijuana and we have a probable cause to search your vehicle. And there was nothing I can do at that time. So I stood there. I stood and I just meditated and just stand still and quiet and just calm and tranquil. They didn't bother me one bit as far as the other officer. Initially, the way he approached me was a little aggressive and a little out of line, out of order in my opinion. But hey, that's how they do their job, even though I didn't appear to be aggressive towards him or even... Uh, threatening, but the look of me and the look, of, the look of just my being, my presence is intimidating enough. So I get it. That's how they see us. That's how they saw me. So I went and I, I just stood there. So they went and they basically did what they had to do: search the car, search all of the car. Obviously, there, like I said, I wasn't hiding nothing. It was right there. So I say, whatever you want to find is right there. I, I, that's my personal stuff. That's for me. All right? There's nothing to hide. So you don't have to look through all the cars. What you see is what you get right there. I have nothing else. I am, I am not a trafficker. I'm not taking anything. This is just my own personal stash. So they went ahead, grabbed everything. And as they were grabbing everything, they asked me, hey, do you want us to tow the car? Because the way it's looking... You may be spending some time in jail, at least until you can get access to your lawyer. I said, you know what? No, no, no. Leave my car right here. Leave it right here, and I will come back and get it. He said, you sure? I said, yes. I know I'm going to come back and get it because I have done nothing wrong. We are in the, the, the 21st century, 2016, cannabis, marijuana, whatever you want to call it, has has reached a point in America where over 50% of the people obviously know that there's nothing wrong with it and there shouldn't be no charge, especially coming from a background that I had never been in this situation before. So I had nothing to worry about. That was that confident. And it was like, all right, we'll leave the car. So they basically put me on arrest, read me my Miranda rights. I'm not even sure. I can't remember if they read me my rights, but handcuffed me, put me in the back of the car, and um, that's when we proceeded to to go to the station. So I'm going to play you the part when we're in the car so you can hear the conversation. A little, I'll give you a couple of seconds of what we're talking about. All right? 
so basically, we're having a conversation, as you were hearing. He was saying Maryland does not accept miracle marijuana cards, and um, you, you, were mis- you are mistaken. Whoever um, told you that, they were mistaken. Um, it was wrong information. And I assured him, I said, listen, I, I know what I, I, I had to go through the process myself. I know I had to pay over $200 just to get the card. So if they were mistaken, the whole state is mistaken. So if you guys don't recognize that, that's on your bad. But I've done my part as far as following the law. And I know exactly how much I can carry uh, according to the law that I've read and the, the, the statutes that I know. So he said, um, okay, well, you know, we'll just take you down. They're gonna basically take you to the um, the commissioner. They're going to tell you what your options are if you want a lawyer and all that. So we're gonna figure out what what's what's best for the situation. I said oh, no problem. So throughout the ride, we actually talked. Me and the the officer, the other officer that placed me on the arrest and um, had me in his car. He actually didn't have me in the back. Believe it or not, he had me in the front. I actually sat in the front with the handcuff on. So we were having a conversation in the front. And this officer was just not your everyday, ordinary officer. You can tell this guy was a genuine, um, quality human being. He just happened to be doing this thing for a job, you know, because he was really cool, laid back. I, I didn't mean, like, when, I, when we were talking, I didn't picture him to be a cop. I never, it, doesn't, it didn't resonate like, this is a cop. This is a person who just had to have a job who... That's what that job that he had was probably the only thing he could have at that time. So he, he felt like a real cool, laid-back human being because we had some really great conversation. Matter of fact, he thought I was um, this individual that uh, as a big-time competitive bodybuilder. He mentioned, oh, man, and if you guys listened, you probably heard it already. Oh, I thought you were um, Kai Green. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not Kai Green. He's like, yeah, because you're, you're, so, you're so muscular and Da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, I, I competed. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a vegan um, competitor um, and all that. You know, so we had a conversation about bodybuilding, about football. We talked about sports. This is in the, 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 the vehicle, the police um, vehicle. So we had a good conversation, actually. And he actually told me, man, and if you guys heard it, um, you know, I wish we would have met on a better circumstances. And I told him, I said, listen, man, it's all good. Everything happened for a reason. Um, this reason that is happening is is just showing us the two different dichotomies of the, the, the spectrum that we're on. You know, I live this way. This is my lifestyle. Smoking cannabis and inhaling it and partaking in it is something I do as a living, as a lifestyle. So I have no problem with it. And you doing what you're doing as a police officer, that's your job. That's your that's what you're doing. That's probably that's your passion, too. So we're meant to meet under these circumstances. So it's all good. And he's like, man, you're just... You're just not the everyday guy that we pull over. And I said, well, you know, that's who I am. That's who, that's me. So he takes me down. I go in. They book me. And while they're booking me, they had they strip searched me. And that was the most humiliating, humiliating ordeal. I've one of my most humiliating thing I've I've ever gone through. I think the most. Um, yeah, I had to take my entire clothes off. Um, I had to take, at the time I used to wear my, my Rasta hat and I covered my hair. So they were just violating all kinds of my, my so-called civil rights, right? I like to say human rights, but you know, if you live in America, we, we like to consider civil rights serious, but they don't take serious civil rights seriously anymore. Not at all. Not, not the way they used to take it back in the day, you know, even though you have to have a good lawyer to fight for it. But nowadays civil rights don't mean a damn thing in this country. Not one damn iota. All right, let me just say that straight up. If you think you got civil rights, you think you your you civil rights been violated, just forget it. They don't give a damn. All right, the only time your civil rights they even gonna even consider your civil rights when they kill your ass or on this on or when they when they meme you, shooting you and almost killing you. But otherwise, they can violate you any kind of way. Your civil rights, it don't matter. All right, so. I had to strip search. I got strip search. I had a bend over, cough, and all that. Search me because they wanted to see if I had any other drugs on me. I put my clothes back on. They put me up in lockup. I go in lockup. I sat there. And all this time, y'all, I did not know that 
my phone was on. I know I turned it on, but I just felt that once I turned, once um, I, I, they got the phone, you know, things would uh, be probably turned off or whatever. I don't know. But the entire time I was sitting in that cell, I think I sat in that cell for, I don't know, it was, I think it was like within two hours. I think two hours the whole ordeal lasted. Two hours, maybe three, I don't know. I can't remember because I was so, I mind you, I just had a nice quality organic uh, cannabis spliff. So I was in a whole different elevation. I was in a whole different uh, universe, a whole different multiverse. I was, in, I was not even where they were. So they couldn't get to me. So when, I, when they put me, in my cell, put me in a cell, that was the best thing right there because now I get to really elevate. And I was like a monk, right? I was just sitting there. So time for me was nothing. It just went by so fast. Next thing I know, boom, they came back to get me and say, oh, um, it's time for you to go. I'm like, go where? It's like, oh, we got to take you to the commissioner. And they're going to let you know. I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. Um, and then I go to the commissioner and say, look like, you know, things are going to looking good for you. You're going to get out. I was like, yeah, I knew that. I told you that. He's like, oh, yeah, you did say that. I said, yeah, man, I, I don't have no record. I haven't done nothing wrong. Cannabis is not, y'all may look at it as the worst thing a human being can do in the world, but it's not even close. So if your commissioner is a wise commissioner and is a commissioner that has any ounce of humanity, they're going to know that what's happening here. And look at me. Do I look like an everyday person who, who smokes? No. I take this seriously. This is my lifestyle. It's not something I do just uh, for habit. It's not just something I do for recreation. This is something I do for a lifestyle. I live this way. I wake up in the morning, I have a spliff. I eat breakfast, I have a spliff. I work, I have a spliff. I go to bed, I have a spliff. That was my lifestyle at the time. So I had no problem. So I knew I was getting out. So yeah, we went to the commissioner. The commissioner said, well, you know, you have, a, um, you have no record. Um, we're definitely going to let you out on your own recognizance, meaning... You know, you're able to leave without having to be in, you know, incarcerated. And, yeah, you can leave. You're free to leave. So, and basically throughout the whole time is where you were hearing all this conversation. Because my, my phone was sitting inside of their, where they were doing their, their report. And throughout the report, you can hear all kinds of crazy stuff. All kinds of stuff. You know, stuff like uh, we're gonna we're gonna listen to some of them, and um, and I was gonna comment, gonna comment on that because uh, one of them was like, I was like, what? One of them was talking about the herbs, how oh this is um, a lot of oh this herb smells good, and they were just saying all kinds of stuff like, uh, man, this is some good shit. Like I don't, man, this the way it smells, I I know he's feeling good, and it was just having all all kinds of fun and. Another one was like, yeah, man, I felt his arms, man. He's like a big old dude, man, and blah, 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 and all that stuff. So I'll let you guys listen to that. I'm going to play uh, one of them so you can hear it. All right, let's play that. Let's play one of them, all right? I'm going to play that so you can hear Actually, you know what? I'm going to play it without the sound, without the music, so you can hear just the, the actual conversation. Hi, how are you? Hello.
Basically, as you heard over there, there's a lot of just nonsense, but majority of the time they were just looking through my bag, trying to figure out all that I had in, in order to include it in the report. Um, there was also this, I'm, I'm going to play the, the part that they were talking about, oh, this dude is pretty buff and pretty big and whatever, so I'm trying to find where it is so I can play it, but one second. arrested for uh, possession with intent to distribute marijuana. Okay, I think I... Thank you. I think you guys heard that already, so it's okay. Because um, it's. I'm trying to have a hard time finding it on here. Yeah, it's alright. But um, if you listen to the original one. Copy number one, and, and, and if, if you have, listen to I, it. I tried a pink kush. Okay. I feel like it was made for. Uh, if you listen to it, you have probably heard that part already. Um, how they were both, they were like, oh man, I, I, uh, you know, felt his arms and his arms was like really big and man, he's a bodybuilder and professional and all this. I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about, but whatever. So overall, we've learned that my charges that I was charged with were ridiculous um, in the age of where cannabis is at its height of where people are now realizing it's a waste of time. The entire war on drug is a waste of resources and it's a waste of human resources particularly and taxpayer resources. So it wasn't, it's not going anywhere. 
And check this, everyone. The same place that pulled me over, that tried to ruin my entire life, that tried to have me deported back to my country because of having possession of cannabis for my own personal use, for my own personal lifestyle, they got a big, huge billboard now, a huge billboard saying, now accepting medical marijuana card. So if you drive on I-68 in Combinant, Maryland, you will see a big, huge sign saying, we are now accepting medical marijuana cards. And this is the same place that was trying to arrest me, uh, did arrest me. And I had to pay over $3,500 in order to retain my lawyer. So let's just talk about the lawyer situation real quick. So how did I get the money? I know everybody's wondering, man, what happened? How do you get the money? Well, I can't go into details about that, but the way I got the money, I had to work hard, extremely hard. I had several jobs, so I saved my money. And I paid, I initially paid the lawyer $1,500 to retain him. And then I started paying like every, every month, like 500 or something like that. Every month, 500 until I caught up. So I had to pay him a total sum of 3,500 just in order for me to retain him. And the, the, the lawyer was trying to get me to plead guilty and was trying to get me to tell him that, you know, I would take drug classes and all this nonsense. I say, listen, man, I'm not pleading guilty, number one. I'm not guilty, number two. And you are going to make sure I get off of this because I just paid you more money than you deserve because this shouldn't be a case that I have to be paying for anyway. I told him just like that. He's like, all right, we'll see what we can do. I was like, no, you will do what you need, what you need to do to get me off this case because it makes no sense. He's like, yeah, you know, but you did have a lot on you. And da, da, da. I say, listen, at the time I was practicing Rasta at the highest level. So I had all reasons to have my, my cannabis because it's a, a sacrament. And I always partake in my sacrament at any time. There's no such specific day or time. It's any waking moment that I choose. So I had to prove to them that I lived the Rasta lifestyle, that I professed Rastafari. And in order for me to even get a consideration of them dropping the charges. But they wouldn't drop the charges. They just felt, okay, we'll give you... Um, some kind of legal term they gave me. They said, well, we're not going to uh, drop the charges, but we're going to put you on some kind of probation type thing. If you stay out of any trouble or you don't get in any situations for a year or two, um, then we'll go ahead and drop the charges. And then basically I said, all right, I can do that. And then we agreed on that. And then that's what happened. And then I, after about six months, seven months, I decided to go and expunge my own record on my own. And I made sure that uh, I got it expunged because I did not want that to affect me down the road for any you know, potential jobs. But I was too late for that because at the time, I tried to get a job working with Uber and working with Lyft, and it was already on my record immediately. And Uber and Lyft refused to do business with me, refused to allow me to work with them because of that charge. So I was no longer um, able to drive with them or even given the opportunity. I was in the process and everything. I almost had the job and everything. But once they, I guess, got a hold of my record, they um, they basically kept me from um, doing anything. So I was done. That affected my record. It really did. And I was really upset about that, but there's nothing um, that was that that was that was done that uh, I could do to to re reverse the the difference. So I told myself I'm just gonna go ahead and um you know just expunge the record on my own. 
I waited for the lawyer for a little bit. He took his time. He wasn't, it's like he wasn't trying to do anything. And I paid him, mind you, 3500 And I guess he felt 3500 was just to um, go to court with me one time or two times, and that's it. And that's, what's, that's how much 3500 worth was worth, just to go to court two times. So if you do any type of so-called crime here in America, it's not even about the crime. It really isn't. It's about the money. It's about how much money are you willing to play because it's a pay-to-play system. Yes, you heard me right. A pay-to-play system. That's what we are living with in this country. It's an extortion. It's a legal extortion, but it's a, a, play, a pay-to-play in this legal extortion. And it's at your, your own behest. It's at your detriment, but you have to pay in order to play in their system. Because if not, it will make your life a living hell, and you do not want that. Not at all. You don't want that. Because once they make your life a living hell, you can't do anything. You can't do nothing. So, that's what happened. That's what happened. And um, I was able to beat the case. I beat the case. I got my, my record clear. And I actually fasted, um, literally, from cannabis for a good several, I think about two years I fasted. Because like I said, I had to stay out of clear for a while so I won't get in any, you know, situations. So I did. I fasted. I didn't get in any situation for for a while. And um, I was able to, you know, I'm not fasting anymore. I just, I you know, intermittently fast just because of... Nowadays, it's expensive. I mean, it's always been expensive, but it's extremely expensive because um, you have to uh, take all your money and buy this and that, and I can't do that no more. I got two under two, so my money can't go to the herbs as much as I wanted to, so it goes to diapers now. <laughs> it goes to you know baby products and stuff like that, so it goes to things to help run the family until I, I can be in a better position to make more money than, or I can grow my own, I have to stay clear of it. All right. So I told you guys we we're going to talk about um, I, Queen Aikisha Sabaz, um, five R's, right? So I'm going to play her five R's and we're going to go over them because that's actually how I was able to escape with my life. Because when you get pulled over, especially under those circumstances and you a black person or you're a person of color and you, and this is nothing new, it gets irritating. It gets, it gets, um, it gets old, it gets tiring. So you want to respond in a specific way that may agitate them and get them to be afraid and want to use force. So I didn't, give them that liberty to do that. And it's wise to not get too emotional, um, you know, when you're dealing with these officers, especially these rookies. Um, I like to call them rookies because that's what they were. All right. So um, just bear patient. I'm going to find Ikea's, um, Queen Ike's um, five R's, and we're going to basically listen to them. All right. So just hang in there. We're gonna find Queen Ike five hours. All right, so let's go ahead. And she she has several. She talks about you know several um, several stuff. And those five hours are very 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 useful. So if you want to live, if you want to survive, I. I extremely encourage you to listen to the five R's. All right. So let's start the five R's. All right. Let's find it. Queen Ike's five R's. Okay. I'm trying to find it. Just one second. 
because when you when, once you hear this 5R, you will be you will be surprised on how powerful it is and and how you can um, use them to your benefit, and it can even save your life because without even knowing uh, knowing her at that time, I employed those five R's. So. That's um okay. You ready? We're gonna we're gonna play Ike's 5R, okay? So just listen closely. Hello, I'm Walter Lear for Nationwide Coin. Did you know if you'd invested in gold 20 years ago, it would be worth Alright, so that's a little commercial. What's up fam? Alright, I have to do another video because I saw a recent news story story about the 14-year-old who was shot by the police. He had a uh, one of those you know, fake airsoft pistols or something, and it looked remarkably similar to a firearm. Um, and I believe when the police tried to stop him, he ran. And I'm just like, okay, let me do this video. You know how when you were in school back in the day, they was like, you, they were the three R's of school, reading, writing, arithmetic, even though arithmetic's all day. I don't know. Anyway, so we, we gonna, I'm gonna give you some R's for dealing with the police, right? This is whether you are interacting with the police in your car or on a street encounter. Please show this video to your kids. And no child is too young. If your child, Tamir Rice was 12, right? So make sure your kids see this video because you might be at work and they might be on playing outside on the street and the police might come through and you don't know. Shit just happened. Show them these videos. There's no excuse for these kids to not have this information now. Okay, so the odds of dealing with the police, dealing with the police, don't run. Do not run. If you run, you increase the likelihood that the police are going to shoot you. That doesn't mean they won't shoot you because you didn't run. We saw that Tamir Rice didn't run. But if you do run, you increase the likelihood that the police might shoot you, tase you, harm you in some way. So don't run, all right? Don't reach. Don't reach. I don't care if you're standing next to the police or in your car. Don't put your hands in your pocket. Don't reach inside your jacket. Don't reach into your glove compartment. Please don't make sudden gestures or movements because to the police, those gestures are threatening. So don't reach. Don't react. What you mean, Ike, don't react? Oh, this is what I mean when I say don't react. Excuse me. Don't be fucking talking to me. I know my rights. I don't know what the fuck you talking about. Don't be going put your hands on me. I need your badge number. <laughs> y'all know how y'all can be. Oh, there's a difference between a reaction and a response. Okay? A reaction is an emotional, uh, an emotion spill, emotion-filled response to, to something. Don't react. Simply respond without the emotion. Okay? And when you respond, you're in a better position to get information like a badge number or the number of a car. You might not be able to get it from the cop. He may not give you his name. You might just have to observe the car number, his number on his uniform, things of that nature. So don't react because usually when you react, they react. Remember, for every reaction, there's an equal and opposite response. So when you react, they react. So don't react. Just respond, right? And... Remember the video before with the I, am I free to leave, right? When you're encountering the police and you ask am I free to leave, there's only two ways that they can answer that. The first way is yes, you're free to leave. At which point leave? There's no more conversation for you to have with the cop. If you're free to leave, just leave. And if the police officer says no, the last R I'm going to give you is remain silent. Because if a police officer tells you you are not free to leave, then you are in custody. And anything you say can and will be used against you. So remain silent. Okay? Remain silent. Alright, so those are those are those are the, the R's that I'm gonna give you for dealing with the police encounters, those initial stages of police encounters. You already know. Alright. So let's review real quickly. When I was pulled over. Obviously, I did not run, right? I'm employing all the five R's. And this is before I actually met uh, our new, uh, the Queen Ike, uh, Shabazz. I did not run. She said, don't run. It's not something you want to do when you're dealing with officers of the law. Because they have the law behind them to pursue you 
and possibly shoot you down like they normally do. Right? Especially if you're black or brown or poor. Right? Don't reach. When I was approached and I was told to step out the vehicle, I didn't reach for nothing. I didn't even pretend I was going to reach for anything. I already knew I just stepped out that vehicle immediately because I know what I was dealing with. And like I said, the officer was about to reach for his gun because I asked him, why am I stepping out the vehicle? He was ready to point it at me to engage. And I didn't give him any power by reacting. And which is the next one? Don't react. Don't react. Yes, I asked him a question, officer. Um, why am I stepping out of the vehicle? I needed to know. That was it. But I didn't react. And when he told me, I'm you stepping out of the vehicle because American uh, law, American whatever told me, I can have the right to, the Constitution law tells me I have the right to get, get you out of the, whatever he said. I didn't argue with him. I didn't say, oh, you know what? Fuck you, motherfucker. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I read the Black Law Dictionary and I'm going to, da, da, da. no. No, no, I'm not in the position of power at that time. Not at all. Not at all. So there was no time for me to react because I was too, I was above his whole reality. I already seen everything. I've seen it all flash before me. I was like, no, I'm not going out like this. So I stepped right out of that car and remain silent. Remain completely silent. Don't give them any evidence of trying to speak to them don't talk to them more than what you need to matter of fact don't say nothing like she said don't say a word don't say a word all right i didn't get to the the request a lawyer but i'm gonna let her speak about that and we're gonna continue Request the lawyer. I I'll throw that that R in there for the last. Request the lawyer. I almost forgot that one. But uh, on the street, you usually don't request a lawyer on the street. That's usually when you're in custody and interrogation. But just so you don't forget, let's throw that one in there. Request a lawyer. So don't run, don't reach, don't react. Remain silent and request a lawyer. I right, fam. I love you. I really do. Show this video to your kids. They should know these five R's just like they know the R's for school. And That's right. That's right. And if you're listening to this podcast, make sure you like, you subscribe, you share, you comment, and know that you should be sharing this information. I'm not just speaking to speak. I'm speaking to hopefully help and impact those who are probably going through similar situations that I've gone through or is going through to make sure you're able to have the, the tools and the answer for them. So going back to what you said about don't, I mean, uh, remain silent. Like I said, just be quiet. They'll say nothing. I stood behind. I stood when I got out the car. I stood there. I didn't say a word. The only time I said a word was when I had to answer based on the question they were asking me as far as, do you want us to tow your car? Hell no. That's when you have to say something. Because if you don't say something, they will tow your car. Then you got to pay extra several hundred dollars, like one or $200 just to get your car out if you know you're innocent and you know you're not going to jail. And then that's a whole different problem. So, yeah, you speak when you have to. But when, it, when she said remain silent, nothing against you. Don't say nothing that will incriminate you at that point. Do you want us to tow your vehicle? Yes or no? In that point, in that case, I said no. Don't tow my vehicle. I need my vehicle because I'm coming back. All right? That's the only reason why I talk. And when I was standing, I stood quiet. When he said, you're under arrest, uh, da-da-da-da, put me in the vehicle, I was quiet. I only spoke with him when I was in the car because, like I said, I sensed this, this other uh, officer was a real human being, was a real person. Even though he was doing that as a job, he still was a real person. I can sense it. I have the ability to sense quality people. I can detect energies. I can detect whether your energy is off or it's, I used to be extremely good when I was practicing um, eating nothing but fruits and vegetables. Nothing but fruits and vegetables. Like not even cooked food, nothing. I was just, I lost a lot of pounds, but I was like extremely high in frequency. But my, my, my significant other was like, no, 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 you can't do that. But anyway, I know how to detect people's frequency and people's energy, okay? 
Um, she said, request a lawyer. Yeah. So when they gave me the opportunity after they locked me up and took me to the commissioner and we talked, they told me, you have an option, da, da, da. And I said, yeah, because they, they, they were like, you can waive your rights. And I ain't waving shit. I know my rights. Don't waive nothing. Hold on to you what you have. Hold on to every little bit of dignity that you have. You have the right to an attorney. And it was like, well, you know, if you can't afford one, you're going to get a, a public defender and all that. Uh-uh-uh-uh. No, 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 no. A public defender is no different from the person who's working at a restaurant and is packed, extremely packed. And you know what? They're just trying to get the order. They're just trying to, they, they don't have time to, to remember certain things. They may make mistakes. Some of them will make mistakes. But they're just trying to bring your order out. If your order is, is perfect, that's, that's luck. If your order is not, hey, you got to complain. And in, in that case, dealing with the law, you don't want to take that chance. If you don't have any other options, obviously that's your only option. But you might as well not have nothing. You might as well not do it at all. Because what, a, a good 99.9% public defenders, people who get represented by them get locked up anyway. So your best chance is to call as many people as you can that you know that you think have your back or have interest in your well-being to fight for you on the outside to get you quality representation. Don't just sit there and say, oh, I'll take the public defender or I'll waive my rights and I'll, I'll plead guilty, especially if you know that you didn't do anything. So I did. I, re- I, I, I took advantage of Getting a quality lawyer, yeah, it took some money, but I had to, I had to work hard, and I was willing to work hard for my life. That was my life that they were gonna throw away because I had some cannabis on me. So I did work hard, and I paid that guy off every single cent of that money, and that's how I got off. So I say all this to say it's extremely important, extremely important to know what you're getting yourself into. In this country, you can't just go and do anything you want. No, you can't. And if you do, you better have the money to back it up because it's all about the money. It's all about those dollar bills. And if you don't have the dollar bills, stay your ass at home. Stay your ass out of trouble. Stay away from drama. Stay away from people who will cause drama or put you in drama. Don't Put yourself in situations where you will put your whole life situation at jeopardy. Don't do it. It's not worth it. All right? It's not worth it. So I want to leave everyone with this information because I really care. I was glad that I kept this recording for as long as I kept it. And I'm glad that I was able to keep it in good shape so I can let the world listen to it and even let you listen to it so you can hear what I've gone through and hopefully prevent you from going through the same thing. All right? So at the end of the day, just know that you don't have to get into the situation. If you can avoid it, avoid it. If you can avoid it, avoid it. All right. So, guys, it's been great. It's been awesome. I just have to drop you guys a part two so you guys can hear exactly what happened. And if you have any questions, if you want to leave any comment, make sure you do so. You can always call and leave a message. You can always get in touch. But remember, know yourself, know your neighbors, and know the truth. Wholeness. Balance and Vibrations. This is your host, Palm J. Make sure you subscribe to Truth Reveal Campaign on Apple and Spotify. Until such.